so glad you could join us for mornings at YCVC today. We want to thank you for being a part of our online family and we hope that this message encourages you, blesses you and helps you grow in your walk with Him. So let's get into the Word. Amen. And uh, good morning. Thanks, Crystal, uh, for that kids' message. And it is great to be together again, to, for God's people to be back in the place of worship. Uh, in a sense, that's the, the government phrase <laughs> to refer to uh, where we gather for worship, place of worship. And so God's people are back in the place of worship again after a period of absence by government decree. Um, and by that, I'm not talking about us today. I'm talking about what this passage is talking about. Uh, that, uh, that in Ezra, we see the story of God's people back in the place of worship after an extended absence because of a government decree. And now they're back in that place of worship and they have the opportunity to begin to rebuild the place of worship. Again, by, by government decree, they've been sent back. And so there's obviously, hopefully you can see me phrasing it that way, a connection between where God's people are in this passage in Ezra and where we are today. Now, I don't want to over-dramatise it. We haven't been, had our, you know, our temple destroyed, our city razed to the ground, and our people marched off to Babylon and, and there for 70 years. There's a, there's a bigger story here that is, that is more dramatic, uh, in a sense, than the one that we are in in this moment. But there's certainly uh, these points of connection. And firstly, I just want to say we can take confidence that, that God's people have been through things like this, worse and bigger than this before, and God is faithful to bring them back to the place of worship that they might rebuild and move forward. And so I don't want to overplay the connection between this story in Ezra uh, and our story, but I do think it speaks to this moment for us today. Uh, I'll admit to, to wrestling with... You know, we had our Moving Forward uh, series and, and then uh, we're, we're waiting until the 5th of December till we can, can truly be free in worship uh, in the sense, in the ways that we'd like to worship. Uh, and I thought, we're just in this gap, as, as Dan kind of touched on with his uh, classical music kind of reference, that we're in this gap between. And so I, was, I was kind of said to God, what do, we, what do we do in this gap? And I was drawn to this kind of story of return from exile through Ezra and Nehemiah. And I just felt not in an audible voice. It wasn't like God said unto me in, a, in an audible voice. But I just had the sense of, well, what we do in the gap is we worship. And so this morning, I want to use this story to explore uh, and reflect for a moment. What does it look like for us to worship in this gap? to be back in the place of worship again. And we, we know that the church is different to the temple. It's not that we can only worship here. We're, we're, we're free to worship in spirit and in truth wherever uh, our, our heart is stirred to worship. It's a, it's a constant living out of worship in our life. But to, to, to just use that phrase this morning, the place of worship, the place in which we gather for worship. And, and so I just want to reflect this morning on this story and what it looks like for us to worship in the gap between where we are and where we want to be. I'm so excited this morning to be, to be back together with God's people, but, but we're not yet where we want to be. It was, it's, 
It's great to worship, yet, you know, it is like that song reference, that, that fire in our bones, like Jeremiah said, you know, if he, if he keeps quiet and doesn't speak the words of God, then it's like a fire shut up in his bones. It's also that joy, but that frustration of not being able to sing. There's that gap for us this morning. There's a gap between, yes, it's great that we're back here, but, you know, we still can't run it. You know, thanks to the kids' talk this morning, Crystal, it was fantastic, but we're not back to, to the full ministry of kids' church yet. You know, it's great that we can have some worship team, but we're not back to just fully released for our worship teams. There's a gap, and so I think this morning this gives us a bit of an understanding of what does it look like to worship in that gap. And so the passage I had... Jeanette, read for us this morning, begins with the laying of the foundation. But before that, there was a government decree that allowed them to go back there. So I just want to read that and then we'll jump into the laying of the foundation. So right back at the beginning of of Ezra, chapter 1, verses 1 to 4, it says this. In the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word the Lord had spoken by Jeremiah, the Lord moved the heart of Cyrus, king of Persia, to make a proclamation throughout his realm and also to put in writing. This is what Cyrus, the premier of New South Wales, said. I mean, sorry, Cyrus, the king of Persia, said. And so we don't know. It says the Lord moved his heart, and I believe that to be true, but we don't know if that moving was through the lobbying of faith leaders that gathered together around Cyrus after he had conquered Babylon, where God's people were exiled. We don't know. I I anticipate that there was probably some lobbying from some leaders saying, hey, you're the new king in town. Can we go home? Can we go back to our place of worship? And so this is what Cyrus, the king of Persia, says. The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of of the earth, and he has appointed me to build a temple for him at Jerusalem in Judah. Any of his people among you may go up to Jerusalem in Judah and build the temple of the Lord, the God of Israel, the God who is in Jerusalem, and may their God be with them. And in any locality where survivors may now be living, the people are to provide them Uh, with silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with free will offerings for the temple of God in Jerusalem. And so then began this return to Jerusalem, to the place of worship. But it wasn't how they had left it. The temple had been destroyed. All of its gold and wealth had been carried off and there was... I imagine just rubble left in its place. And so this day that we're, we're looking at today is the day the foundation was laid. And so the foundation was laid in 310. We're told that when the builders laid the foundation of the temple, the Lord, sorry, when the, when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments and with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph with cymbals, took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. And so this was just the beginning of the rebuilding. This was not the complete rebuild. This was just the moment that they were back in the promised land. They'd cleared the rubble. Uh, Earlier in the chapter, they'd built the altar. And now they're just building the foundation of a new temple. 
The whole temple will take time. It will take effort. And so they're in the gap between the beginning, their home, they're in the place of worship, and the fulfillment of being able to fully, freely worship at the temple again. They're in the gap, just like we're in the gap between we're, we're back in the building and that's so fantastic, but, but we're not where we want to be. Some of us might be looking this morning and thinking about the rubble of what was, not literally our building, but of what was pre-COVID. And so this moment here, this Ezra 3.10 moment is just the laying of the foundation. It's just the start and we all have heard the metaphors and, and ideas about foundations. We know that, that without a solid foundation, nothing will endure and stand upon it. It's such a, a key moment, yet it's such a small beginning in the sense because as critical as foundations are, they don't look that impressive. It takes kind of the eye of an architect to see a flat piece of, and this wouldn't have been concrete, this would have probably been stones, I imagine, but a flat piece of concrete and go, oh, wow, that's going to be a good one. And so as important as this moment is, it's not all that spectacular in ancient Israel as they're rebuilding the foundation. It's a key moment, it's a significant moment. And so that's kind of the place that we're in this morning. This is such a key moment and you all look spectacular and I'm excited to be together in the building with those here and to be joining with those online who couldn't make it in person for whatever reason. But, but this is just the foundation. This is the beginning. And it is a moment for celebration. Just like in Ezra 3.11, the very next verse, we're told... With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good. His love towards Israel endures forever. And the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. And so the foundation laying was a moment of celebration. Foundations may not look spectacular, but, but they speak of new beginnings, of fresh hope, of a new season. And, and for Israel, it was a return to being able to worship. Much more so than us. And, and, and as I said, we can worship anywhere. Our lives are called to be an act of worship. But for, for the people of Israel, there was a place of worship. And so that... They didn't lose their relationship with God entirely by being exiled in a foreign land. They didn't, they didn't lose their, uh, their prayer. They didn't lose their scriptures. They didn't lose their, the, the law that governed the way that they lived. But they did lose their sense of being able to worship. And so it's a much stronger thing for us. But, but this foundation, then for us, sorry, but this foundation being laid speaks of a return. They're together again. They're free to worship. And so this is like the moment we're in. There's a connection with us today in this space where today is a moment to celebrate. We are free to gather and worship together. Hopefully you caught last week's message where where we reflected on the value and the blessing of, of gathering together. 
Yes, we can worship anywhere and everywhere, but there's a benefit, a blessing of, of gathering together. And so today is a moment that we are together able to do that. Today is a reminder of the thing that Israel were reminded of, that God is good and his love endures forever. God is good and his love endures forever. Today is a reminder of that moment. I don't know if any of us had thoughts that we're kind of like, are we ever going to get back to church? Is it ever going to be the same again? Are we ever going to be free to worship? And so today is a reminder that God is good. That his love endures forever. To, re- to put the words of, of a verse we reflected on last week in this space, that, that Jesus is good and he will continue to build his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Today is a reminder of that and a moment for celebration. But as Crystal reflected on in the kids' message, it's also a moment of mixed emotions as well, of, of many emotions as it was for the people of Israel. There there was the shouts of praise and the joy that God is good and his love endures forever. But verse 12 tells us another side of that story. But many of the older priests and Levites and family heads who had seen the former temple wept aloud when they saw the foundation of the temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy. And so for some returning and laying the foundation was a moment of weeping. It doesn't tell us all the details of that, but I imagine it was, it was sorrow at what had been lost. They, they remembered what stood on that place before. Once the rubble had been cleared and the foundation had been laid for a new temple, it reminded them of what had been, of what had been lost I imagine it reminded them of who had been lost. I imagine it stirred up sorrow at the hard road they'd walked to be back there. And by that I don't just mean the literal walk from Babylon and Persia and from all the regions they came back to Jerusalem, but I mean the hard road they'd walked through exile, through living in exile under pagan kings, through living through the threats of their people been wiped out. I imagine it stirred up for them sorrow of what could have been. And so a few weeks ago, we, we talked about the grief that may be involved in moving forward and, and how important it is for us to grieve well as we move forward. And so the key here I wanna, want us to, to think about is that this is grief not grumbling. This is sorrow mixed with celebration. And so the difference is that that grief is an honest expression of of the emotions and feelings we're, we're experiencing before God as they are. Grumbling is a complaint. It's anchored to, well, this, this temple doesn't look like it's going to be as good as the last one. Yeah, we're back here, but we, we, we're 70 years in exile. So 
grief frees us to move forward, grumbling holds us back. God spoke about this moment to his people through the prophet Zechariah, speaking exactly of this moment of the foundation been laid in, in Zechariah chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. And so Zechariah says, Then the word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel, so he was one of the people involved in this rebuilding of the temple. It speaks about it in Ezra. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundations of this temple. His, his hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who dares despise the day of small things? Since the seven eyes of the Lord that range throughout the earth will rejoice when they see the chosen capstone in the hands of Zerubbabel. And so God's saying to his people who are rejoicing and weeping, don't despise this moment. Don't, don't grumble in it. Don't complain in it. Don't lose heart in it. Yes, this is a small beginning. Yes, this is just the foundation for what is to come. Yes, there is sorrow at what has been lost, at the, the memories of what was before. There's sorrow at, at who have been lost. There's sorrow at the challenges of the road that has been walked by God's people. But but don't despise this. Don't grumble. Don't complain. Weep. Experience the sorrow. Celebrate. But don't let our grief turn to grumbling. And so this was God's word to God's people through the prophet Zechariah in this moment that we're talking about in Ezra chapter 3. And I think it's God's word to us in this moment. It is okay to be experiencing all of this as we uh, step into this gap between where we want to be and where we are. It's okay to experience the, the grief and the sorrow and the weeping, but, <clears throat> but the warning here is to not let it turn into grumbling, but instead let this turn into worship. Let's not despise today that today is a laying of the foundation for the future. Let's not despise today. And so we should also allow our grief to be expressed. <clears throat> but not let it turn into grumbling. And so what do we do in this gap? What do we do in the gap that we're in right now between lockdown and full freedom? What do we do in the gap between Strict restrictions are what we can do and no restrictions on what we can do. What do we do in this gap between where we can't be in the building and, and, and we can be in the building and we can sing and we can rejoice and, and we can let that shout go out and I hope you know, to jump to the end of the verse, the sound was heard far away. I hope on the December 5th that we're so excited to worship in song and we've got months of pent-up volume that this sound is heard far away but but what do we do in the gap between i don't know when i first read ezra chapter 3 verse 13 but i've always loved it 
This is the verse that says, No one could distinguish the sounds of the shouts of joy from the sounds of weeping because the people made such, so much noise and the sound was heard far away. I, I love it because it doesn't say that the celebration overwhelmed the weeping. It doesn't say that a few people were upset, but, but most of them were really excited and so you couldn't hear those that were weeping. And it doesn't say that a few people were excited, uh, but, but most of the people were really upset. And so, yeah, a few people were happy, but it, it pretty much just sounded like weeping. It says that you couldn't distinguish the two. Uh, the picture it gives me, and, and this is me reflecting on it now, is of, 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 of these two things, of celebration and weeping rising together and forming one sound of worship before God. Grumbling, I think, is in some sense the opposite of worship. But grief and sorrow are not. Grief and sorrow mixed with celebration and praise in this gap is the very essence of what it means to worship. This is what we do in the gap. Both of these things. Sometimes we'll feel like holding up this sign and saying, It's so good! We're back together in the building. And other times we'll hold up this sign and go, but not yet. All of us. And that's not a COVID thing. You know, some people are unwell this morning. Some people can't be here. We, we can hold up this sign and celebrate that we're back, but we can't yet sing and those things that, that this is what it looks like to worship in the gap. We let our shouts of praise and our tears rise to God together. And that might be on a community level. That might be some of us are in a moment of weeping and some of us are in a moment of celebration. Uh, but if you're anything like me, it, it might be sometimes you're in a moment of weeping and sometimes you're in a moment of celebration. Or it might be in the one moment that you're feeling both of those things. You don't know what to feel. And so what it looks like to worship in the gap is to let whatever is there out before God. To not let it turn to grumbling, but to be real with him in both the joy and the sorrow. Celebration and sorrow mingled together are what it looks like to worship in the gap. Because if we're experiencing sorrow, then that needs to be a part of it if we're to do what Jesus says when he speaks about worshipping in spirit and in truth. And sometimes we, we, we make this mistake as, as followers of Jesus is that we hold back the truth within us that is sorrowful, the truth within us that is sad about stuff because we think that, oh, well, we shouldn't, be experiencing that. We should be happy and we should be clappy. And, and that's what it means to follow Jesus. And absolutely it means that there's deep joy and reason for celebration. But to worship in truth is to be honest with ourselves and with God about the sorrow that is real. And I understand the irony that we can't actually voice that this morning as a group. 
But I think there's also deep beauty that as we worship again in a moment, that God is the only one that can hear us. See, I think, you know, just thinking this morning that, you know, our volume is turned right down. Some of us might be mouthing the words behind our mask. Some of us might be like humming the words. Some of us... But I want to just suggest this morning that our volume's not turned down to God. I don't think He hears us less loudly when the sound's not coming out our mouth. And so the beauty of this worshipping moment that we're about to enter into is, is only God can hear you. You don't have to worry about me hearing how excited you are or how sorrowful you are. God can hear that. Not that you should be worried about what others think as we worship. And so we're in the gap this morning between lockdown and full freedom. But I want to suggest as we finish that we're always in the gap. We might feel it more tangibly right now because there's, there's things we can point to. I can see you this morning and there's masks on your face. Uh, we couldn't sing. There's things we can point to that, that make us feel like we're in the gap. But the reality is we are always, as followers of Jesus, living in the gap. We're living in the gap between his crucifixion and resurrection and his coming to make all things new. We're living in the gap between the now of our existence and and the groaning of creation and the groaning of our bodies and the groaning of our prayers. We're living in the gap between that and, and Jesus returning to bring restoration. We live in the gap between the, the now and the not yet. And so, so worshipping in the gap always will look like this. We shouldn't stifle our joy and celebration about the, the joys of life, the joys of what Jesus has done, the excitement of, of this foundation of a new day to build upon. But, but we shouldn't also stifle the sorrow that we experience in this life. We need to heed the warning of not letting it turn to grumbling, but, but that doesn't look like stifling it. I think if we bottle it up, it turns more to grumbling than letting it out. It kind of festers and gets bitter. We are always in the gap. We're in the gap between knowing in part, seeing in part. We, we know God in part, we see Him in part, but we're in the gap between that and knowing Him fully. All those questions we have in the gap around this life and we see things differently that that we'll know fully when we're with him together and to be honest, we probably won't care about any of it anymore. We're always in the gap and worship always looks like, I believe, letting the shouts of joy and the weeping rise together as a song of worship towards our God. So today is a day of laying the foundation. It's a day of joy. It's also a day of perhaps reflecting and, and, and some sorrow for some. And, and for some, perhaps it's a day of, well, you haven't got enough emojis because um, I don't... I'm not this, I'm not that either. And so I want to read one final verse as we come to worship and and remind us that 
You know, there are those times where we just don't know what to feel and we don't know what to pray and we don't know what to praise and we don't know what to lament about. So I just want to finish this morning. I invite you to stand if you're physically able to and spiritually willing. I just want to read Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27, which says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for. And I would, I would also add to that, you know, because in essence, worship is, is prayer and prayer is worship. And um, they're not necessarily two separate things completely. In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we don't know what we ought to pray, we don't know what we ought to sing, we don't know what we ought to celebrate or weep about, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And and so I want to say this morning, when we worship in the gap, it looks like giving God all of this all of our shouts of praise and joy, not just for this moment of laying the foundation, but of all of the good things he has done and continues to do. But worshipping the gap also looks like being free to do this, to weep aloud. I don't think the government's decree we're not allowed to weep aloud. To express our sorrow and, you know, we, one of the things of COVID in this season is we end up focusing on, on that. But there's so many other things in life over the last few years that, that you might this morning just be in a moment of, yeah, I want to shout for praise, but I just want to weep this morning before my God as well. And, and worshipping in the gap looks like letting your weeping be your worship. But it also looks like whatever's there, even if you don't know what it is, allowing and trusting the Holy Spirit to intercede for you. You don't have to know which emoji corresponds with your emotions to be able to worship. Because He intercedes for us. He interprets us. He knows our hearts, our thoughts, our emotions better than we can. And so it's just a matter of Pouring that out. Of standing in that gap. And letting whatever it is turn to worship. And so Heavenly Father, we thank you and we celebrate this day. We're back together again in the place of worship. And so this morning we want to learn to worship in the gap between here and there. Whatever here and there looks like. Whether that's COVID restrictions, whether that's our physical health, whether that is the gap between this life and Jesus coming and making all things new. We pray this morning that you would teach us not just through the words that I've said, but through the work of your spirit, that you would teach us what it means this morning to worship in the gap. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. And so as James plays and Ali sings, I just want to encourage you, whatever's there, whether you have the words to name it or not, let that be your worship in this moment. Thanks for joining us today. As you head back into your week, we want to encourage you to stay in His Word, stay in His love, and stay strong in your faith. Don't forget to keep up to date with what's happening via Facebook, Instagram, or via our website at ycbc.church. See you soon.